Yeah, Ian Book would eviscerate that defense. <laughs> Before we move on, I want to reflect on the fact that Jared called someone else a college Elitist. <laughs> this year? Yes. Absolutely not. Absolutely. Absolutely not. Absolutely. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Youthop Podcast. This is no ordinary episode, though. Our loyal listeners will know this is actually our yearly celebration, <laughs> uh, one-year anniversary to be specific. However, we're going to save our sentimental portion of the episode until the end. We've got a lot of content until then, some NBA talk, some college football talk, and some NFL talk. It's a packed episode, so let's just jump right in. Uh, Jared, you mentioned uh, earlier this week that Colin Cowherd made a point um, that potentially maybe the NBA has a problem with advertising its young stars. Uh, this year in the draft, uh, many considered it to be, de- to be deep, but not necessarily star-studded. I think a lot of fans probably didn't know who the player was that their own team drafted. Uh, and a number to support that is that this year's draft apparently had the lowest TV audience since 2009. So, Jared, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think the NBA has an advertising problem with its young stars? Uh, or maybe was this year just an anomaly? Yeah, so I've been th- I've been thinking about it since. I-, I think it's less an advertising problem. I think it's a twofold problem that affects both the NBA and the college basketball. Is there's la- a lack of tribalism? I would say um, that like is generally associated with college football and NFL, and two, just a lack of urgency. So in both in college and NBA, the regular season, I mean, basically doesn't really matter, right? You you don't really kind of watch college basketball until March Madness. NBA, more than half the teams make the playoffs, right? Um, and then since in terms of tribalism, since players only play one year in college, the best ones, there's like, I think there's a lack of identification with the program and the fans. And then in the NBA, since players, I think move around a lot, there's also the connection is more with the stars than with the team. And I think overall that hurts the NBA a little bit, I think, because, I mean, because if the, the fact that the off season is when the NBA gets the most buzz on talk shows I think is not a good thing. You know, if, if, if the NBA is getting a lot of buzz because we want to see where the players move rather than like, because it feels like it's more where the players moving to rather than what is my team doing kind of thing. I think, I mean, you hear a lot of people like I'm just a LeBron fan or I'm a KD fan or whatever that just kind of follow players mm-hmm. around. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's the best thing for the game. And I, I'll say it's hard to quantify the advertising value that college football brings to the NFL mm-hmm. I mean, they're, the best players are playing on TV for three years, not just the one year. And, and they're playing at, like, Bama, LSU. It's hard to quantify. I couldn't really find a way to, like, quantify what value the NFL can get out of that. But I do think in the lack of tribalism and lack of urgency is definitely hurts college basketball, and then that in turn hurts the NBA, I think. What do you guys think? I don't necessarily think the promotion of young stars – or the lack thereof in the NBA is one that big of a problem or two particularly unique to uh, basketball as opposed to football. Maybe it's just the extent to which I follow, but I feel like I'll know the same sort of like big name buzz guys in the NFL draft. And then like the guy who's picked eighth overall, who's like an offensive tackle from Iowa every year is never like a household name who I know either. It's like, Mm. I'll know the top few guys, the good skill position guys, maybe the best like offensive lineman or defensive lineman or something like that. But beyond like the top 10 or 15, I feel like I'm also not super aware of who those guys are who are drafted every single year. Um, 
I also think the NBA doesn't do a horrible job of promoting its young stars either. I think it actually does a better job than other sports because I feel like guys like Luka Doncic, Trey Young, who've come into the league in the past few years are like pretty well known, pretty big names. And because of some of the things you hinted about, about the sort of nature of um, basketball being more like player and star driven, I think it's almost easier for Mm -hmm. a guy once he's in the league to make a name for himself as opposed to in other sports. And I also think this year is specifically different in a few instances. One, because of it being a coronavirus year and all, (laughs) there was no March Madness. And I think that's the time when you get the guys who like make the biggest impact. You you learn about the buzz behind the guys going into the NBA draft. And because Mm -hmm. that was taken away from us, I think that sort of contributes to the lack of buzz that there were this year. Coupled with the fact that like Lamelo played overseas, the Israeli dude whose name escapes me played overseas. Like some of the bigger names in the draft, weren't necessarily guys who would have even gotten a shot to showcase themselves in American basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that hurts like the, the popularity of the draft for sure. The fact that if the players going mm-hmm. overseas are like playing um, in the D league or something or the G league before, um, instead of going to college. But I think once they're actually in the, the NBA, I don't think it actually matters. I mean, mm-hmm. like Luca is the, yeah, the best example at the moment of that. Like, like once he was good, everyone was hyped about him. It didn't really matter that he was, you know, that he didn't play college basketball in the U.S. And it obviously is going to help, like, you know, Zion have hype behind him. But at the at the end of the day, like, once they're a year or two in, it's going to be about their production in yeah. the league. So, Yeah, that's... that's something I wanted to mention as well. I feel like the one thing that might make it more difficult for the NBA, I feel like maybe this is just purely, uh, like, me thinking anecdotally without a lot of numbers to back it up, but it seems to me like young stars in the NBA, like, they're harder to um like project in the draft so like mm-hmm. looking back like at the most recent few drafts for instance like okay so zion and ja maybe were an exception mm-hmm. but um like deandre ayton and marvin Bag- Mar- bagley especially the year before they were really high up in the drafts mm-hmm. but they probably like they're not spectacular mm-hmm. uh the year before that like lonzo is a huge name but he's not actually like a super basketball player josh jackson also was drafted mm-hmm. high not great De'Aaron fox is also solid oh markel fultz of course the first pick He's like really kind of gone under the radar because of all his woes, whatever. Um, like Buddy Heald and Jamal Murray didn't blow up until a few years into his career, the draft before that. So I feel like in general, it's like it's tough for the NBA to advertise young stars when they don't know who. Like the NBA definitely loves advertising. It's it's like you know really talented guys once they become like you know booming stars. But like who would have known Giannis would be this big when he was drafted, for instance? It's hard yeah. to project. I feel like in the basketball a little bit more than in football. Do you think some of that is tied then to the fact that basketball players only have to stay one year um, before they can go into the NBA? So then there's one, the development issue, um, where they're probably not as far along. Obviously, a different sport than football, and mm-hmm. the development tracks are different. But you don't know that they're like elite until three, four years into their career, unless there's like a LeBron type exception. And two, that also hurts like their popularity because you don't get a time to know them on the national stage for those three or four years that you necessarily do with yeah. like Joe Burrow playing at LSU yeah. or something like that. Yeah, I definitely agree with the second point. And Aiden, you brought this up. Bart, you kind of touched on it too. Is it's more, the stardom in NBA is more tied to production. Like Sam Darnold, we talk about Sam Darnold all the yeah. time and he's and he's terrible, right? But he's yeah. in his third year in the league and we're terrible. If an, yeah. if an NBA, if a young draftee, like we don't ever talk about De'Aaron Fox, you know? Like, <laughs> I don't know if he's terrible. I, I don't even know, to be honest, if he's He's quite good, actually. He, yeah. yeah, he's you know? very good. He's like 23 a game. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's quite good. <laughs> but if you, if you like, um, obviously the, the NFL has different um, positions. Like, all, not all the positions are created equally, where in the NBA it's a lot mm-hmm. more equal. But I think it's 
your stardom is tied a lot more to your production in the NBA than it is in the NFL. Like, if you're bad, we'll keep we'll still keep keep talking about you. Like, nobody's giving up on Trubisky, you know, or no one's <laughs> giving up on Nick Foles. You know what I mean? I, I you get a lot more leeway it seems in the in football. Yeah. Yeah, a couple other I have some suggestions for the NBA by the way if nobody else has anything to add I, should we dial up Adam Silver before yeah, I, <laughs> oh yeah speaking so speaking of Adam Silver I, I found out I didn't know that this happened but they're they're probably gonna get rid of the one and done rule and for the 2022 draft high schoolers can enter again that's what the oh, league really? is intending to really do. yeah this, this is another thing I think it's actually when I was thinking about this is more of a problem for college basketball than the NBA because now people can just go over and make money overseas. They can go to the G League, make money, yeah. or they can just go straight out of high school if they're already good enough, right? LeBron yeah. and Kobe didn't need, you know, didn't need college. Yeah. Yeah. My suggestion for the um, NBA is to is more primetime games on the weekends, especially when they edit. because Sunday is like a football day and like it's a cultural mm-hmm. event, and like Saturday is a cultural event for college football. Where like Tuesday nights, like I gotta work tomorrow. I don't really want to stay up to watch this game. I think more primetime slots than Saturday and Sunday as well as shorten the regular season overall add more urgency <laughs> i i would love to see less teams in the playoffs personally but i'm sure they'll never do that those are my suggestions yep. <laughs> <laughs> take note yeah the powers that be please please listen they just got to yeah. get some teams like phoenix memphis um i'm not even going to mention cleveland or new york new york but some of the other like smaller market teams uh smaller market on tv <laughs> uh what did i say <laughs> I said Cleveland or New York. I meant, but I meant like Phoenix, Phoenix and Memphis. Yeah, like the smaller market teams. I I mean, um, are the teams that I feel like should probably be on TV. The Pacers, they kind of avoid that. Like, I'm a LeBron James front runner kind of thing because Mm -hmm. I mean, LeBron James has been a prodigy since high school. He plays for the Lakers now, which is one of the biggest teams ever. Um, You know, like of course people are gonna follow. Kevin Durant plays in Brooklyn. Um, Steph Curry plays in San Francisco. Like. You know, those mm-hmm. those players, like I mean, they. I think uh, you're right that I think some small market teams definitely don't benefit as much from the marketing as um, maybe bigger like teams even, are. Like but even it, Trey but, Young, yeah. how how often are people talking about Trey Young on TV? Pretty much never. I think you know. I think honestly, the biggest problem with a lot of the guys but, is they're what? just not that good. <laughs> like I think, <laughs> I think like and I mean, out, yeah. like. Last year there was Zion Williamson and John Morant and everybody else outside of Tyler Hero I do not care about R.J. Barrett, DeAndre Hunter, <laughs> Darius Garland, Jared Culver, Kobe White. RJ's about I, to prove you wrong. Just watch. Yeah, but I mean like R.J. was averaging like 13 points a game or less. Yeah. I want to say I actually probably taking like 26 shots a game. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. like you know, I think there's a possibility that these guys just aren't that good. And then Giannis drafted like number 17th by the Bucks ends up emerging as a star. I mean, I just. I don't know necessarily if it's, if it's like a market problem or not, or like you said, like a developmental issue. Yeah. I they, do just, think, they aren't like, good yeah. the first year. I think that Zion and John Moran are kind of anomalies. And then yeah. most people, mm-hmm. like Luca, you know, is different. But most people outside of the top three, maybe, aren't really that great. You know, and, and that's in a good draft. League. And that's <laughs> in a good draft. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Solid pros. What were you going to say, Aiden? Uh, I was just gonna. I think that the the fact that there's a lot of misses is still not unique to basketball. Just because of like with the the NFL, especially with drafting like QBs, um, yeah, like that is if you look at first round QBs over the past you know ten twenty years, 
there's yeah. it's like the conversion rate is still 50 percent, like kind of at best in terms of getting someone good um, mm-hmm. and there are plenty of diamonds in the rough that are found later i think with other positions it i feel like people tend to stretch for for qbs so that's why there's oh, yeah. a lot of kind of misses on that one other positions are i feel a little more reliable than most nba talent but but yeah i think it is just kind of a a product of the fact that it's a like there's only two rounds because it's a it's like there are smaller there's fewer spots in the nba you know like like so fewer guys are gonna make the cut at the end of the day so yeah one other thing i'll say too is the days of like barack obama and like spike lee courtside at a duke game watching zion tear open his nike shoe those days are over where I feel like we're never gonna have that much, that kind of. Pop that was last. That was like a no. year ago. Dude, Zion, that was such an anomaly. <laughs> that that, ex, that exception proves the rule. I feel like, doesn't it? I'm not so sure. Why can't there you be don't a, think like more you, exceptions? You don't because yeah. they're gonna because they're just gonna go straight to the NBA now. That's yeah. That's, that's possible. No, or go of, to the G yeah. League. Yeah, a lot of players don't actually need college to make it into the NBA. Zion Williamson probably he may not have gotten number one overall, but he probably would have been drafted in the top five had he had just yeah, gone straight from high school. I, I think most RJ of these guys Barrett would have been the the top pick. He I think like yeah, the, he the was like the number one that guy. year. Yeah, yeah. So, this is a compl- I mean, we could have another whole yeah. discussion about this. <laughs> I feel like players probably will skip the college even though they shouldn't. I think a yeah. lot of guys go into the draft and they're not quite ready and you see it in their they, seasons and whatever. Yeah. I think guys yeah. could definitely use the development. They just won't now. There has yeah. to be a caveat where if a player enters a draft and goes undrafted, they should be able to then go back into college and like accept their scholarship or whatever and play then. Nope, they get that, no chance to ever play again. To it would. Yeah. <laughs> I think that when we talk about high school players, we all too, we like too often focus on like the success stories, like the LeBron mm-hmm. and the Kobe and the KGs. But like, there weren't that many. Like, there have been some elite players mm-hmm. that have came right from high school, but it's not like the dominant experience in the NBA that like guys are just coming from high school and becoming superstars. Like, yeah, it's probably more so the opposite of that. You just yeah. have a few yeah. guys who made it. Yeah, no, it always ends up being that trade-off of, like, the guys who leave in high school. It's the same way in, like, baseball, for example. Like, yeah. there, there are a lot of times the guys who have the most, like, potential, and you're really betting on the potential, but, like, the con- the conversion rate is going to be lower. Like, you're kind of going for the home run. Yeah, there's always a G League, though. I mean, they might just yeah. develop players that way for two years in the G League, and then, you know. And you make money. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and so. you make money. And I think that was, like, a big thing. Like, we give LeVar Ball a hard time, but he made, like, the JBA or the JBL or whatever it was called, where players can instead go there and make money. I think a lot of players will choose that option, which is also why players are going overseas instead of college basketball, because, I mean, the NCAA does exploit these kids <laughs> for mm-hmm. millions yeah. of dollars and they get nothing in return, so. For sure. Uh, plus, well, I mean, like I said earlier, They get free Nike shoes and stuff. Yeah, they don't get nothing. But they don't, uh-huh. need, but they don't need that stuff. I mean, like, they don't need... They need food, yeah. You know, they don't <laughs> they market their lives. They, yeah. they, they're marketable yeah. out of high school. There's huge social media presences. They don't need the NBA, uh, or sorry, the NCAA to make it into the NBA or become a star. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, I mean, you know, LaMelo Ball, he, prime example. Yeah. But the, the but with him, though, if Lonzo, if Lonzo wasn't a thing, would we, would we be talking about LaMelo Ball as much? I don't know. Probably he still Probably. scored like ninety two mm-hmm. in that one game. Where he, mm-hmm. You know, he's he's he was still talked about in high school. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, 
Moving on, uh, the other fun part of every NBA offseason outside of the draft <laughs> is free agency, and this season has been no exception. There have been a flurry of moves. So let's just rifle through some real quick. Thumbs up, thumbs down. If you really feel strongly about something, maybe give some reasoning, but uh, not required. Um, <laughs> and then obviously, I probably am forgetting some moves here, so if, if there's anything you want to add, go for it. But uh, all right, so the Hawks made some upgrades. Uh, among others, they signed Rajon Rondo, and they signed B- Bogdan Bogdanovich. Uh, like or not like? Um, I mean, I like it for the, yeah. uh, the point of yeah. acquiring talent. It actually makes my blood boil when I see the Hawks sign talented players because I know that they're just they're just gonna fight for like the number eight seed in the playoffs. <laughs> and I would rather see Bogdan Bogdanovich play on a team like Milwaukee where he's supposed to go, except there was like a little tampering thing, and then of course he can't go there. So, I mean, Rondo, it would have been cooler to see him go to the Clippers or stay in the Lakers and sign up as a backup point guard for the Hawks. The Clippers? Uh, that would have been crazy. Yeah, but I mean, like, I, I like I like what I know what the Hawks are doing, obviously. They're trying to add talent to the roster. I hate it because I, th- I don't think that they're going to be any good. Yeah, they're not a playoff yeah. team. I hate I, it but, makes I my blood boil. I, I think it could them. make them a playoff. No, I think they'll be yeah. like a six seed or something like that. Okay, I don't think they'll a be six great, seed in the West but... is like 25 wins. A small market like Atlanta <laughs> the, needs to, yeah. or like in NBA terms, they need to, I mean, they kind of need to overpay and kind of reach yeah. in general. Yeah. I think it's, I, yeah. No, I, I want to see Trey Young get into the playoffs. I, I think this can do it. I don't know. That's yeah, another I thing. Think, I think it makes yeah. them competitive. Yeah. Atlanta That's shouldn't part. be a, a small market either. I mean, they should be like a big market. No, agreed. So, yeah. yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Anyways, uh, Gordon Hayward was signed by the Hornets for a year. I think 120 million. Can, something like I that. Want, I want Jared to go first on this one, please. <laughs> Why? You're the biggest Gordon Hayward fan I know. No, I, no, I'm not. I just said he. <laughs> I think I just said one time that Jared, like, oh, it'll help when he comes back right from right an injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's fine. Yeah, the Hornets aren't gonna do. I mean, realistically, yeah. there's like three teams that have a shot at winning the championship most years. Like. It's not going to do much for them in that regard, but good for Gordon yeah, well, getting his money. You're telling me the Hornets were just saying about the Hawks applies even more to the Hornets. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, say that again, Wyatt? So yeah, you're, what? you're telling me that the Hornets weren't uh, Gordon Hayward away from being a championship <laughs> contender? <laughs> They're Michael Jordan. No one away. ever is. They're Michael Jordan away from being a championship contender. He's going to saw an ESPN post that was like, that was look like if Jordan plays. That was ridiculous thing ever. Why is there always the need to do that? stupid and all Uh, the mj stands in the comments were like they would win the championship 57 year old mj is better than lebron uh bart i cut you off but you're saying it is that the hornets are like a prime example of the small market team having to overpay i thought when gordon hayward opted out of his 28 million dollar player option I thought that was insane that anybody was going to offer Gordon Hayward anywhere close yeah. to $30 million. When that contract ends, he's going to be 34 and taking up like $30 million a year. It's, yeah, I think it's a huge overpay. but It's a huge yeah, overpay. And the problem yeah. is, no. for these small market teams, is that now, like the Charlotte, they've been a huge problem. This has been a huge problem for them in the past. Is now that they have average talent, but these huge contracts that they can't really get off of. You, I mean, who's going to trade at this point in two years? For Gordon Hayward, you know, when you're when you're paying him thirty million dollars a year, you know, I mean, yeah. like, I get what the Hornets are trying to do. I don't think I just I don't like the move because I mean, I joke they're not they're not a Gordon Hayward away from contention. They're they're like fifteen Gordon Haywards away from contention. They're <laughs> they're gonna be fighting again. Like they're gonna be fighting for that six seed with the Hawks, six seven eight seed with the you know in the playoffs. And I thought they had decent enough young talent from last year, like Terry Rozier and um, 
I forget his name. I want to say something Washington. I'll look it up. Um, the shooting guard. I thought they had young enough talent to where they they would just go more of a low end developmental type thing instead of like overpaying for average stars. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, all right, next, uh, the Heat picked up Avery Bradley. He w- would have been a key piece for the Lakers, and he just didn't play. <laughs> I like this one, personally. I don't know. Yeah, Especially because it. it's so cheap. I was surprised by how cheap it was. I, I mean, I know he's not like, a, like an elite all-star or anything, but they're like a super defensive-minded like team, and he fits the culture perfectly. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He like fits the mold of what I think of as like a Heat player. Like He's scrappy. He's defensive. <laughs> He'll like put in like 100%. Yeah. No, I think he just fits perfectly in that system. He can play a couple positions. Yeah. Um, so in light of the Clay Thompson injury, the Warriors like quickly, very like the same day, I think, traded for Kelly Oubre. Uh, like or dislike? Mm. I think, yeah. yeah. They're still I mean, trying yeah. to hold on to, yeah. But <laughs> still and I think he's, to, he's yeah, relatively cheap, times. is he not? He cost them a first rounder, right? I think. Yeah, but who, I mean, what do the yeah, Warriors care about? First well, it depends what. I, who, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of up in the air what kind of pick that's going to be. And then you know the Warriors, they'll package him with Gian- and with Wiggins for Giannis, and then, for Giannis, you know, yeah, it'll yeah. be a good move down the road. That's so, <laughs> if the Bucks take any trade deal that involves Wiggins, it's it's. <laughs> <laughs> um, He's the next LeBron. It's gonna any day. Now. It's gonna happen. Yeah, it's, it's just give it a shot. He looked Glenn Taylor in the eyes and yeah. Anyways, all right, um, Lucas. Let's move on to the Sixers. I'm sure you have some thoughts. They did a lot. Yeah. They shipped Al Horford and they picked up Dwight Howard, Danny Green, Seth Curry. I think among others. What are your thoughts on that? Great, absolutely great. Yeah. Uh, Horford and the way they built that team was the biggest issue. The fact that they were just playing like all tall boys who couldn't shoot on the floor <laughs> at all, at like all times. Like there was no floor spacing. It just didn't work out. And they had that awful, awful contract with Horford as well. So the fact that they got mm-hmm. that contract off the books, fantastic. The fact that they got a competent backup for Embiid and Dwight Howard, who they haven't really had in the past. Great. And the fact that they got shooters who could space the floor, floor and green and Curry overall, they fixed a lot of the team's problems. I'm not saying they're like, a bona fide like championship contender, but they'll be better and less dreadful and dreary to watch <laughs> than they were at points last year. I think they're a championship contender. I, really? I feel like they're Eastern Conference final material, don't you? Yeah, I I've been spurned before. I'm so I think I'm being <laughs> I'm being cautious. I think they're definitely better than they were last year. Top three playoff seed. New Their coach. Ceiling is up new there, coach. They're so mercurial. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. 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 I feel like it feels so like are the Bucks like though. It, you know. You never know what you're getting out of the Bucks. It seems like, Especially Especially like in the like playoffs. An, yeah. yeah, I feel like it's like an Eastern Conference semis, maybe Eastern Conference Finals type season. Hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, let's. Last thing I wanted to touch on was the the Blazers made some moves. They're a solid playoff team. Probably their biggest um, hole was defense, and I think they made some strides. They picked up Rocco, and they got Enos Cantor among some other moves. Did you guys like those or no? I liked them. I like Enos Cantor a lot. Fall in the playoffs. I, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. I cannot stand well. watching Enos yeah. Cantor play. Why? The fact that the fact I just I don't know what it is about Enos Cantor. Yeah, he just drives me insane when he plays. I think that he's what? like a good like yeah. Just I don't I just don't I don't believe. 
And they also the Blazers also re-signed Carmelo Anthony. I don't know if you said that or not. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. I was gonna bring that up. Uh, I don't know what it's worth, but it's cool. Yeah, you know, they <laughs> him. I I think that I, I'm okay with that. But living in the Pacific Northwest, if I have to live with people, if I have to talk to people who believe Ennis Cantor is like this high end center, ridiculous. I think Portland Blazers fans are the most delusional fans in the league. Uh, no matter who they add <laughs> outside of LeBron James or one of the other three superstars, Kevin Durant, Kawhi, or Steph Curry. The Blazers are not winning a championship. I don't care what they do. <laughs> they could add Robert Covington. They could add Ennis Kanter. They could assign Gordon Hayward to a four-year, $120 million contract. I don't care. They're not going to win. Damian's gonna, Damian Lillard's going to prove you wrong, right? Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, specifically, the Battle of L.A. has continued during free agency. The Lakers made a lot of moves. The Clippers made, uh, I think... <laughs> Fewer moves, move. to be sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, Aiden, what do you think? Have the Clippers done enough this offseason to unseat the Lakers? No. <laughs> Just like, I mean, they were, they were already the, the worst team going into free agency, and they've definitely been outplayed so far by the Lakers in free agency. I mean, the Lakers have gotten better, I think. Like, Schroeder and Trez and Marcus Gasol, especially swiping Trez from the Clippers. That's, mm-hmm. that's pretty, uh, pretty savage on their part. <laughs> um, but I think they were pretty much all upgrades from the guys that uh, the Lakers let go. Um, I think losing Avery Bradley kind of hurts a little bit, but um, I think Schroeder is fine in that role. Um, and yeah, I, I think they have upgraded themselves. The Clippers, I I think, have gotten worse. I mean, adding Serge is, is a good move. Um, and maybe they're just like, you know, hoping that that was why things didn't click. It was, it was stress. And, <laughs> Locker with cancer. Um, but I, yeah, I just, I, I don't think the, the Clippers have done enough. Maybe the Clippers are just hoping that yeah, like if their if their biggest issue was chemistry, they're hoping you know a, a new coach or a you know one more year to get it together will be enough because the lack of talent has not been their problem or you know shouldn't be their problem. Um, but uh, but I think in terms of just this off season, Lakers are still look like they should be the favorite. Um, yeah. Definitely ahead of the Clips. Yeah. yeah, and they made that playoff run without Avery Bradley last year. Yeah, so like okay. even like that loss isn't you know. Like a mm-hmm. death sentence anyway. Plus they held on to KCP as well, which I think was important. Yeah. Like they didn't yeah. like lose all of the guys that they could have lost in free agency as well. And they plugged all the holes. So I think, yeah, they mm-hmm. widened the gap, if anything. They, they, they got I, rid of Danny Green as well, which is a plus. Yeah. <laughs> in my opinion. Um, I feel like the Clippers are kind of stuck too, because they can't really, they have no draft picks first off. So they can't rebuild. <laughs> and they didn't really get better. Paul George is super expensive probably overpaid and like i don't know they're they're like just stuck like being the second seed and losing to the lakers i feel like i don't know yeah Yeah, Uh, i mean go ahead bart i was just gonna say you wonder how much they're like collapse in the playoffs and the like rumors about how the players weren't really getting along factored into their lack of ability to sign people yeah Yeah. Mm. and i I think it's it's funny that the Paul George like giving a motivational speech after breaking up every single shot he tried to make in the playoffs, and then the Clippers players like rolling their eyes. I I just I do feel like that the Clippers as well are stuck. Um, if they didn't get any worse though, like if they stayed the same, they're still one of the best three teams in the West. I would say. I mean, they they still have a really high ceiling, which is a championship. Um, the question is, is do they have any leaders in that locker room at all? Because we know that Kawhi Leonard is not a social guy. Uh, people don't seem to respect Paul George at all. Uh, you know, they they kept Marcus Morris, um, who is yeah. definitely like an emotional leader as well. They still have Pat Bev, who's an emotional leader. But I would have liked to have seen them 
try i think they were connected to chris paul at some point i don't think that was possible get a rondo get some guys like i think at the end mm. of the day when you look at the lakers right of course they have lebron james as a championship guy but they also have really good guys like jared dudley who's a really good locker room guy they had rondo who's a really mm. good locker room guy um if you look at the heat who also made the finals they've kept udonis hadlima Haslam on the team for like the last like twenty years or whatever. I, like he's a really good locker room guy. I think that Iguodala, the Iguodala, they had a much. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I think that the Clippers are all, you know, flash and flare and no substance. I, I I'd worry yeah. about what that this team is really going to look like if anybody's going to step up as a leader or if Ty Lue is just enough. Because I mean, I honestly I feel like if they don't respect Doc Rivers enough to like pull it together, <laughs> I find it really hard for Ty Lue to really. <laughs> pull this team together as well mm, it could be though that maybe doc rivers is a little too much my way or the highway and then ty lude mm-hmm. knows a little bit more just like let the players do their thing i mean it worked with lebron and you know what i mean lebron and, mm-hmm. and Kyrie and kevin mm-hmm. love i'm not counting ty lude out. I, yeah i would yeah, consider I them both fair. to be players coaches though i don't think yeah. Doc rivers like pop is maybe more I think he, people respect Pop, but I think he's a little bit more my way. Or highway. I don't think Doc Rivers yeah. is exactly the same. Yeah. We'll see. All right. Well, uh, let, let's move on. I alluded to the Warriors earlier with Clay Thompson's injury. <laughs> Obviously, a heartbreaker for them. Uh, they were set to come back and compete near the top of the West again this year. A lot of people thought maybe they'll compete for the first seed. Now, Clay Thompson's out for the whole season after he had recently just torn his ACL in the other leg. Uh, Wyatt, let me turn it to you. Do you think this is the end of the Warriors dynasty, or maybe was it already over? Um, well, I hate to get really nitpicky about the terminology, but <laughs> when we're talking about dynasties, their dynasty was already over. Um, dynasties are teams that win three out of four, like the Warriors did. Um, but outside of like the Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson injury, they lost Kevin Durant in free agency. They tried to do something like cute, and they did a little sign-and-trade for D'Angelo Russell. Um, they lost Iguodala. They screwed up their cap space. They haven't had the same depth that they've had over the past couple of years. And now that they're tied to like Andrew Wiggins, who although they're asking him, he'll probably be what the second star instead of the third or fourth option. You know, they're they're tied to guys who are like like they're they're playing they're playing their contracts like a small market team. I would say, at least I know they didn't sign Andrew Wiggins to that, but they acquired him knowing that he had that contract. Um, again, they lost a big locker room guy. Steph Curry is one of the best four players in the league, and I think that they're still going to be competitive in the West. But I don't know what Klay Thompson is going to look like after coming back off of two leg injuries. Um, and I would have real concerns about their champ to win championships, multiple championships like Dynasties do, <laughs> when Klay uh, does come back. And by the way, Klay did injure both legs. The I, I think the Achilles rupture was on the, the separate leg from his ACL injury, which mm. is, I think, really concerning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's like the that's the huge question mark, right? Is whether he'll even be remotely as good. Yeah. So my question is, if he's not as good when he comes back, like when do you consider moving on from Steph? Like, what is their ceiling without Clay? I mean, Draymond isn't really what he used to be either, in my opinion. Yeah. I feel like you give it like a year or two, maybe, just see how like One year. Steph can operate as like his own, like just the sole star on that team, and, and like I don't think it's gonna go that well, honestly. Like mm-hmm. Steph is a great all timer, but like. It's not five years ago. He yeah. won of a supporting cast, like as much as he did in the past. Like maybe he could pull something out, but mm-hmm. I think you give it a year, maybe two. 
this time next year. One, yeah. one year. Yeah, and I think... on the Lakers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely the Lakers. Yeah. The Clippers. He'll be connected to one of those teams. Clippers, Nets, Lakers, Bucks are like the teams that they're gonna. He's gonna be connected to next year. I think that the, they're gonna the Warriors. Honest. The Warriors will not move on from Steph Curry, but I think no, Steph yeah, Curry should consider should. moving on from the Warriors. I mean, if Clay Thompson Why? is not a hundred percent, how long does Steph Curry want to be on, on the wrong side of thirty, looking to rebuild a team? I mean, mm-hmm. I think sure. Steph Curry has to max out his championship window, and it's already coming to a close. Uh, I think Clay Thompson will be able to be serviceable coming back from leg injuries, but I I really can, am concerned about where he's like he's going to be on the defensive side of the floor because that's kind of where he thrives and makes up for, from some of Steph Curry's deficiencies. Because Steph Curry can go ahead and score you sixty points, they don't need any more offense. I think that the defense from Clay Thompson is the biggest concern. So if I'm the Warriors and if I'm Steph, I'm giving it a year, and I'm going to see what it looked like as a soul star, and then maybe just maybe the Warriors might consider a trade to Philadelphia for one of the two young stars, <laughs> Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. I'm serious, Jared. Oh my you gosh. chuckle. I'm serious. <laughs> no, it's just Steph funny how Curry all the stars always are linked to Philadelphia or, or Embiid well, and Simmons they have some of the most tradable talent in the, in the league <laughs> right now. Um, or some of the talent that will win them the most championships. But yeah. I, don't think, I don't think the, the Sixers are going to shop their talent anytime soon. Like no, Maurice come out behind him. Yeah. I think if they don't make the finals, they're gonna shop their talent this year. <laughs> yes. Absolutely not. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. One hundred percent. Let's throw a book it in. Yeah, I will book yeah, it. Do it. Book it. Yeah. Book it. There's no way either Sim- M- Embiid or Simmons leaves the Sixers within the next two point five seasons. Whoa, <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, I'll book that. Two and a half seasons. There's no way either of those two leave the Sixers before. The trade deadline in twenty twenty. Let's see three. Next year, right, we'll next off season. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm with Wyatt on this one, but okay. Wow. I feel like I feel like everybody assumes that stars want to run when it gets tough, but I I don't know if Steph. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I'm not inside his head or anything, obviously. But I, I don't know if Steph. What like? Oh, is Steph? Does Steph just want to go run when the when he figures out figures out that the Warriors aren't good? I don't know if I would assume that. He's yeah. a life in San Francisco, you know? Yeah, they, he, built, he, he built a dynasty there. <laughs> How Come many on. stars he stay on one team? Yeah. How many, like, real yeah. stars stay on one team? Kobe? There you go. See, Kobe, Kobe went through a rebuild. He just Michael took Jordan. money. He was like, all right, I'll yeah, take money. Yeah, yeah, not even Jordan. Dirk. Yeah. I, the Lakers were, like, bad Dirk? Like, Kobe's past few years. I don't – yeah, go. Dirk. I don't think, like – um. Curry, I don't think he's the type of guy to be like, I need to get out of here. You need to shot me. I'm demanding a trade. (laughs) But I think it should be on his mind. And I think, you know, he, I know he looks good in the yellow jersey, but at the end of the day, like, they're, they're, if their championship window is closed, when you have a top, when you are a top four superstar, um, and there are, are, and I will say there are only four superstars in the league, in my opinion, from LeBron, Kawhi, KD, and Steph. If I'm one of those guys, and I'm not going to win a championship every year. I need to move on. <laughs> no Giannis? Damn. Giannis is not a superstar. And neither is what? James Harden. They're stars, <laughs> but not superstars. <laughs> very at the, yeah. at the very They're at the very top end of the star spectrum. But they, I would say they have to both... Either one has to win a championship for me to propel them into the superstar. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think either of them are. I mean, this is we're way off topic now of the Warriors, but I don't think that the <laughs> yeah, I don't thanks. think that Giannis or Harden, our team, our players, especially in the playoffs, are guys I can confidently say like 
they're going to win me a championship. I think that's left to be, you know, um, they determined. have to prove that. Yeah, determined. They have to prove if they're those if they're one of those guys that are uh, like LeBron, KD, Kawhi, Curry. Okay, I don't want to antagonize further. All I'm going to say is we haven't seen KD do it without yeah, Steph Curry. Yeah, I agree. So. Yeah. But, okay, but KD, but KD was the best player on that Warriors team when they won. Yeah, but he was also the best yeah. player on the Thunder team when they lost. Yeah, oh. yeah. I mean, they Anyways, didn't need him. Yeah, yes. they didn't need him in 2015. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a pretty compelling case against him that they could win a championship without him. Yeah. Anyways, let's stop digressing. Probably. <laughs> uh, in fact, let's shut, let's shut the the whole NBA chapter here and move on to college football. Um, really smooth segue. <laughs> so probably the highlight of this past weekend was the Ohio State Indiana game. Uh, Ohio State barely won. They came out with a 42 to 35 victory. Uh, let me throw it to you, Lucas. Um, did this game maybe reveal more about Ohio State's flaws or just about how good Indiana is? I think it was a little bit of both, not to take like the safe oh, answer. But... Which one was it more about, though? Come on. Ohio State's weaknesses. There you go. I think first, um, <laughs> in, terms of, in terms of Ohio State's weaknesses, um, it showed how bad their secondary was. It's never easy yeah. losing two first-rounders like they did with Akuda and Arnett last year, but there's no way a team should stay anywhere competitive with you if you allow negative one yards of rushing, and yet they only won by seven points. Like yeah. The fact that that alone shows how bad their secondary is playing. Second, I think it might have exposed a little bit of a weakness in terms of team spirit and coaching. Allowing a team back into a game when you're up 35-7 to in the second half, I mean, there's, like, I feel like a lack of dog in there somewhere that, like, you can't just, like, put mm-hmm. a team away, you know? If you're up by 28 points in the second half and you're big, bad Ohio State and you can barely put away a team that hasn't beat you in, like, I don't even know how many years, I feel like there's a little bit of an issue there. And I think that failure of coaching also showed... Where there's maybe like a little bit of a sense of entitlement and arrogance when Ryan Day had the <laughs> opportunity to go up ten with like a minute and a half left, uh, there's no way Indiana gets back in that game and he chooses to go for it on fourth and one within the ten instead of just kick a field goal and win the game. He misses it. They almost get back in the game. Like that just seems like a bad coaching decision to me, and that's something that I don't. I don't know if you can win a championship playing with that level of expectation <laughs> and lack of like game management. Um, and, and I don't know. So those are the biggest takeaways for me. Fields played not his best, but I, I'm not worried about Fields. And yeah. You have a bad game from time to time. I thought he was, <laughs> it's whatever. Yeah. Um, it did show some of IU's strengths. The resilient, like, I think a lot of what Ohio State's mental weaknesses are are Indiana's strengths. They have that resilience. They have the chip on their shoulder. They're well coached with Tom Allen. And I think that that showed as well that they were down 20 in the second half put together a really nice comeback, almost won the game. And their quarterback, Penix, pretty good too, slinging it around to a talented core of receivers. Um, they're not an elite team by any means. No team that runs for negative one yards in a game is an elite team. <laughs> but, you know, they're a good, solid team. Probably, you know, finished with a good ball one this year. Well, if they would have got 23 rushing yards, they would have been on the same level of Clemson. So they're not too far Exactly. I, I, that's a good answer. I totally agree with you. I think it, it definitely was a little bit of both, but I think it's more about Ohio State's flaws. You mentioned the corners, but also uh, a guy I listen to a lot, Joel Klatt, mentions that they don't have Chase Young rushing the quarterback anymore, so he has all day to throw now in the back. I, and for I knew I thought why it was going to bring this up. Lucas, you said it that like yeah, Fields can have a bad game. 
I guess you can, but when your bad game is against the best team you've played, that's a little suspect. And they won. Jared, they won. I mean, Mike. Mike but he had, two, he, he, had, he had a he had, bad day. It was, yeah, it was come on. pretty bad. What was it? Was it two touchdowns, three picks? Or yeah, two and three. Yeah. Yeah. two and three. The other teams that Ohio State has played have a combined record of two and 12. Yeah, All I'm saying is we need one more data point at least, but I'm not. I'm also worried about Justin Fields. I'm not necessarily agreeing with what Lucas said that it's like totally fine. Yeah, I mean, and I, we'll see. I don't know if I'm worried about him, but I definitely think this hurts his case for Heisman. He should be nowhere near the Heisman right now. He's like, I don't, I don't think. Come on. Like, I don't know if this takes him out of it, but this who, definitely hurts his chances. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, Mac Jones the BYU Trevor quarterback. Come I don't on. want Mac Jones to win it, but he's probably going to win it. Mac Jones is such a boring. Kyle Trask. I know. No, I agree. Kyle Trask probably going to win it. He should. Uh, I want the BYU quarterback to win it. Yeah, yeah. Zach Wilson. Big fan of Zach Wilson. I want to see BYU make it in, but that's my faith in Ohio State (laughs) is unwavered. Uh, They're once (laughs) a year they're due a tough uh, they're due a tough matchup against a Big Ten team, and sometimes it's Penn State, sometimes it's Rutgers, sometimes it's Iowa. We play teams, and we sometimes and we run into that. Rutgers. Yeah. No, I think Rutgers stunned us. I want to say within the last five years. I want to say that, but I'm not 100 percent sure. They, I it feel was like re- definitely not when Urban Meyer was there. there I feel like <laughs> no, I God, I remember. I, I remember it so vividly. This um, is Rutgers is like best year in the Big Ten in years, and they're like one and four. So like, you know, like, sometimes <laughs> Wisconsin. Big Ten is a tough conference. Uh, Indiana was the number nine ranked team in the nation. It's not like they were some scrub or they pl- they played this year's you know or a couple last year's Rutgers team or whatever, and they were struggling against them. It happens, and I think that Ohio State's offense is still capable of putting up massive points despite Justin Fields' struggles. Um, I think that the only thing that I would say is that they should just run the ball more because not only does our running back have the best name in college football, Master Teague, um, he's actually yeah, a pretty yeah. good running back. He had 169 yards and two touchdowns. Um, yeah. I think that Justin Field is the best quarterback in college football. I'm going to go out and say it. I, think, <laughs> I, I, I know you guys, no, for some no reason, you guys, for some yeah. reason, don't believe that Justin Field is actually that good. But I think he can make every field in the throw. He's a, or every, he can make every throw on the field. He's a big arm, and he's actually a pretty good runner. Um, mm-hmm. The only thing that I would walk away concerned about is, you know, everybody knows it, the suspect secondary that we had kind of out there. I think we have a really good safety in Sean Wade, but, I mean, they were getting torched in the passing game. It felt like anytime Indiana ran, like, a crossing route, a DB would get sucked in somewhere, or they would just kind of lose exactly where they were supposed mm-hmm. to be. Um, mm-hmm. And pair that with Indiana, who has a quarterback that's actually not bad. Um, it, it makes makes for a tough, tough win. I don't expect those problems yeah. to linger throughout the rest of the year. I think that Ohio State is, for a reason, one of the top best or the best programs in college football, and they'll make an adjustment, you know, when when the time comes. I don't know. I feel like they're honestly living all on like hype and reputation this year. I mean, not all, a, but a lot of it, though. A yeah. lot of it. But <clears throat> coming into that game, like the 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 Fox Big Noon kickoff, all those guys. Like, we're like, there's no way Indiana even gets close. <laughs> Ohio State is so well coached. This is, yeah. like, an excellent program. And they almost lost. And, like, I'm not even convinced that Indiana is that good of a team. Agreed. Like, pro- I was going to say they, that. They probably shouldn't have beaten Penn State. They beat Michigan, and Michigan's bad, right? And, it, like, mm-hmm. I, like, I'm not convinced that they're that good of a team. And... I mean, Ohio State kind of has a cupcake schedule this year, so I, oh, yeah. they'll probably go okay. undefeated into the Big Ten Championship. Uh, there are so <laughs> many top programs who have cupcake schedules. Yeah. 
There, yeah. I mean, a lot of divisions are uh, Oklahoma every year has a cupcake schedule. Notre Dame picks their Texas? cupcake schedules. Texas, no, no, we don't. Come on, yes, you Wyatt. Do. You guys you don't. don't you don't play anybody. You hardly that's ever play. No, that's play so wrong. The ACU is like one of the worst conferences in college, or ACC is one of the worst college. That's why we use our football. out of conference games to schedule top top ten teams. Why? Come on. No, you don't. You guys yes, don't play do. top ten teams. <laughs> you guys don't play talented teams. Anyway, every anyway. T- big the high the teams at the top. <laughs> Always play cupcakes. It's not like Bama's playing LSU, Texas A&M, Georgia. I don't know. Bama has and, a cupcake. Yeah, yeah, are you kidding me? No, no, no. But they're but they're not playing like Florida. You know, twice a year, and then and like they're, well, they they have they have cupcakes on their schedule. Everybody has a cupcake on their schedule. Yeah, but yeah, we're but saying that Ohio schedule. State's entire schedule this year. The Big Ten is the yes. second it's best conference a, in, until in the, college football. Yeah, but they play literally all the worst teams in the Big Ten. Like their schedule this year they, is the Big Ten Nebraska the awful. Every other conference bet outside Penn of the SEC. State. Awful. Yeah, the big Rutgers names are really bet. bad this year. So I don't yeah. know if you can say I the Big Ten's the second best. In general, though, yes, the Big Ten is far better than the ACC. Generally, I would say, but yeah. coronavirus here. That's all I gotta say. Coronavirus here. I do appreciate the committee though for only like they should be lower, but the the fact that they didn't rank Ohio State fourth or didn't rank them third or second as like many people have been claiming. Like I feel like I turned on ESPN a lot. Like yeah. Joey Galloway is always like Ohio State is the second best team in the country, and I'm like, what evidence do you have? I hope this does come like, to fruition that Ohio State and Notre Dame do play. Ohio State would beat. The I would love that. So, oh my oh, god! Absolutely not. With confidence, oh, I would say that. Oh, stop it! Stop oh, my god! Uh, Ohio State was able to beat Indiana. I feel like because they like they could physically outmatch them, and they're not going to physically I had, outmatch Notre Dame. Yeah, Ian Book would eviscerate that defense. <laughs> 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 oh my god! We obviously have a solid run defense. I, I would I would put it. I would. And we have I a great bank, rushing offense. Why? Come yeah, on. but I, if if so did Clemson. You know, if we put the if them. we put the hands. No, I'm not talking about us running the ball. If we put the hands in Ian Book to beat us, I would feel confident that enough that would give us a chance to, to win that game. I no. I was texting. I had an outside discussion. I was texting with one of my buddies, and he uh, said, this is not my opinion. This is his outside opinion. Discussion. Outside discussion. Outside <laughs> discussion. Uh, Unnamed source, yeah. <laughs> he's, confident, he's confident that Indiana would give Notre Dame a tough time. So. Let's not act like Indiana Maybe. was some sort of scrub. Don't act like I think this is, this is why it just te- – I was texting myself. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say texting your work phone. Sorry, my uh, my internet cut out. So okay. this is this is okay. Indiana, my confidence in, is in 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 Indiana is about the same as my confidence in Miami. I don't think either of those teams are actually that good, but Clemson has that win, and they played twice as many games. So I'm, are I'm they better for... than Cincinnati or BYU or Texas A&M even? Who Ohio think... State? No. Um, Indiana. No. No. Don't, you don't think they're BYU. better? I don't know. I don't think they're better than any of those teams. Yeah. I don't know. I Certainly not Texas A&M, Wyatt. I think <laughs> Texas A&M's a little overrated. Whoa. Whoa. Jimbo's got his <laughs> best shot to play. I thought, you, I thought Texas A&M, I thought Lucas thought Texas A&M was like one of the most overrated programs. Is that a shock? Oh, that was that one of yeah. Lucas's things? I forgot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, a little bit, but. Uh, yeah. They, they, they feel like Oklahoma to me, in which like, Oh. They get hype every year, and then they're like, they're, they're Texas, honestly, oh, come on. every team feels like Oklahoma to me, outside of like three <laughs> actual teams. Every <laughs> the, 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 if you're in that number four spot you're an and underneath what? that, <laughs> no, 
No, I'm not. I just feel like if you're in the number four spot, there's only two teams that can win. Ohio State's probably going to be in the four spot. So the rubber will meet the road when they make the playoffs, probably. So they're going to make. They're going to make the playoffs. I look out for Northwestern. Northwestern, yeah. No, Northwestern. I'll book this if if Northwestern and Ohio State meet in the Big Ten championship. Northwestern will lose by two touchdowns. That's what everybody was saying about Indiana. No, but what Northwestern, happened. but Northwestern is like actually not that good. They're just like squeaking out Wisconsin. Wins. I mean, how many? Out wins. How many? Yeah, but, but they didn't score games at all. Is Justin Fields gonna have? Like, is he gonna throw yeah, three, three inter- interceptions every single week for the rest of the year? Well, Northwestern's defense. He is had good, more interceptions in this game than he has in <laughs> the rest of the year. God willing, yes, yes, why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, he's an accurate quarterback. I think that you know, I don't think he has too much hero ball on him. I don't think that this is going to be like a reoccurring problem. Yeah, no, I think right, that's a fair point that it was an off game. But anyway. yes. Before we move on, I want to reflect on the fact that Jared called someone else a college elitist. football elitist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Frame yeah. it. Uh, uh, audio version. Yeah, yeah um, that's it. <laughs> okay, but yeah, let's let's move on because this, this we, once again, we digressed massively. Uh, let's touch on a bit more of an abstract college football question. Uh, we talked about Ryan Day. We talked about uh, Tom Allen. Um, every year, it seems there are uh, theoreticals turn out about college football coaches jumping to the NFL or vice versa. This offseason, I'm sure those will be mentioned as well. Um, just a, a more abstract question for you, Aiden. Let's start there. What do you think? Is it better to be a coach in college football or to make that jump to the NFL and try your hand there? Um, first, I'd like to go back and uh, uh, talk about Justin Fields a little more because I think... I think it well it depends. Both obviously have ridiculous pressure. I still think it's better from a like a you know quality of life standpoint to be a a, a college coach because I mm-hmm. I do th- I think it's easier to uh, fail in the NFL and go back to college if you're a college coach. So to like make the leap and fail and come back than it is to do the opposite direction where you're an NFL coach who goes to college, which <laughs> definitely happens less frequently. So we have less cases of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but a coach going back, going to college, and then failing there then going back to the NFL because I do feel like there's the like I at least will always like subconsciously consider like the college football to be worse than NFL football just in terms of difficulty like I'm not sure if that's true from a coaching standpoint I think honestly they require two separate sets of or you know overlapping skill sets but like obviously college is going to be more about recruiting like that's huge in NFL is a kind of a, a different animal there. So mm-hmm. like they're obviously different, but I, I do think subconsciously I consider like a, you know, someone who fails in college, like Harbaugh at the moment, him failing. I'm like, Oh, like if I were an NFL team, like would I pick him up? Like, I don't think he's going to get a ton of NFL interest if he gets fired from Michigan. Right. I don't, I don't know. Um, but like Nick Saban, for example, like, you know, was, was awful with the dolphins and just hopped right back to college football. Like got a, a pretty big name job. Um, and obviously made it a huge job. So I, I think I, I think it's preferable to be a college coach from the standpoint that you can you can try out the NFL and if it works, great. If it doesn't, like someone in college is gonna pick you up. Yeah. And I'm not sure it's true in the other direction. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. But I will say there are definitely some upsides to the NFL that I, I could like I think it yeah, it just depends on like what you think you as a coach are good at. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. for instance, if you're not like a super like charismatic mm-hmm. guy, for instance, mm-hmm. recruiting, I think becomes a lot more difficult. Mm-hmm. Whereas like 
picking up players in free agency in the NFL is like not really about like the coaches. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. I guess it's about the coaches' relationship with the players, but it's so much yeah. less drastic, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And then there's also like there's the GM helping you every step of the way with like player management yeah. as well. As a college coach, you have to basically be like the dawn of all of that. I think, yeah. yeah. If you are more like, if you want to be more focused on like the actual game of football and the, uh, like the tactics and just like the actual sport and not so much like the other minutia surrounding it. Yeah. Like didn't like Oregon uh, boosters used to always say like, they're excited for Chip Kelly to leave. Cause like he was a good coach, but he disregarded like everything else about like, <laughs> yeah. coaching college football has to yeah. do. Yeah. So I think, yeah. yeah, like there's just more baggage there. I think that's like the one ar- argument that I could see pushing someone in an NFL coach's favor. Yeah. yeah. But I agree. Generally yeah. speaking, it seems like being a college coach is like yeah. chiller, easier. Yeah. There's more like room for uh, like failing. So oh, yeah. And so yeah. Forth. yeah. And I think like you hinted at this too. I think like, you have to in college be like a culture guy. Like you have to like yeah. set up like uh, like a program, at, like like a definition of like what your team is, which isn't always necessary in the NFL. Like you said too, Bart, you just have to be like good at understanding how football works. And I think because of like having to be a culture guy, if you coach um, a college football team, I think it's easier to almost become like a legend if like oh, however yeah. ill-defined that is if you're a college coach than it is to be an nfl coach like Absolutely. how many i feel like like you identify like nick saban with alabama Dabo with clemson yeah. in a way that even like very successful nfl coaches i don't identify with their team as except outside maybe bill belichick yeah. mm-hmm. and so i think because you have to like create that like image and culture for your team yeah. it's easier to become a legend in college football so there's a higher upside but it's also easier to fail and you're given more than you are in the nfl so it's like there's a better downside as well but yeah like like you said i think like if you're into the pure like tactics and like strategy of the game it's better to be an nfl coach for sure, yeah though. yeah it's kind of funny thinking of like bill belichick like trying to like recruit high school kids or like trying to sell like, them <laughs> yeah and like the, obviously uh, like the opposite is you know Dabo. like it's hard to imagine him like not recruiting you like i feel like that's yeah. you know mm-hmm. what he's gonna kill um so yeah that is what he's great at. vice versa I don't, there's no way i don't i would see Dabo sweeney working in the nfl mm-hmm. i think he would rub a lot of people the wrong way yeah he definitely would I yeah it's hard like, to imagine yeah. like his antics and energy on the sideline yeah in yeah the NFL. i don't know yeah. pete carroll kind of is like that but yeah but yeah. Pete Carroll's like different yeah. i don't think yeah, he's different Dabo sweeney is yeah, i'm not a huge fan of Dabo sweeney but no, nor am i <laughs> yeah I, I we can get into that later maybe <laughs> uh I do want to throw some – I would agree I would rather be a college coach, me personally, than an NFL coach, but let me just throw some stuff out there that might dissuade you from college. Lucas, you empathize with this. College football is inherently crazy unfair. You can, I mean, you can't tank to get the best player in the year, the next year. If your team sucks, you guys just suck. You're not going to get some miraculous high school recruit the next year, right? A lot of it is out of your control, and, like, your facility your, – your college might not want to put money in to build good facilities. Sorry, you can't do that. Recruits don't want to come. Recruiters – Recruits gonna leave you at the altar a bunch of times. You have to be familiar with rappers who are like a third of your age if you're an older guy, uh, especially if you're geographically <laughs> isolated or like far from the recruits in the South. Hint, hint. Notre Dame, Brian Kelly. It's a lot of plane rides. It's 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 a lot of work. Obviously, your position coaches are gonna do some of the recruiting, but mm. it's a lot of work. I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather big, be I'd rather be the CEO though than just like X's and O's. I think that's more fun. The big thing for me is the whole um, recruits like decommitting, not you know, or they're like, oh, I'm gonna enter the transfer portal, or they do, you yeah. know, they they can kind of like leave whenever they want to. At least in the NFL, you're in control of the contract. I, like I would much prefer to handle the transactional side of the NFL. I 
Definitely mm-hmm. think that in college you you would get like ten years to do whatever you want. You could suck for those entire ten years. Like you don't have to um you don't have to like have as much immediate success as I think in college as yeah. you would have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the NFL. In the in college you have four years. Right. At least. Mm-hmm. And then in the NFL you maybe have you yeah, could be you have one like and three done. Years maybe, yeah. Even. But yeah. but in college you get crazy great buyouts. I I don't know. I was trying to figure this out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I've never heard about buyouts when talking about firing NFL coaches. I'm not sure if they have them or not. I was trying they to do. research. I couldn't figure it out. If you I know you can trade coaches. Mm. The severance yeah, package yeah, is definitely better wild. in college, though. Yeah. I think. Yeah, and you can be the highest paid public employee in your state. True. In like most states. <laughs> true. <laughs> so. That is hilarious. Wait, I do want to ask a digressing question really quickly. Do you guys think that Dabo Sweeney has passed Nick Saban? <laughs> An hour into our- <laughs> Do you think Dabo Sweeney has passed Nick Saban as the college football's villain? Yes. Yes. He's easy. Like, he's, like, it's easier to make him a villain. I think Nick yeah, Saban yeah. Is, he's, is very he's likable. He's, yeah. yeah, I don't think Saban's you? really a villain. I just think he's, like, he's a villain what he good. does in, like, yeah, an annoying yeah. way. Like, it's, like, <laughs> there's nothing inherently bad about, like, Nick Saban yeah. as a person, I feel like. But yeah, Alabama, not, not like that. Or, or, like, or even, Alabama, like, uh, everybody's rooting against him. Everybody's rooting against Alabama, right? Yeah, but, you know, it happens a lot. Of, like, even, like, Bill Belichick, like, he's not, like, a bad person. He doesn't say anything. He always praises other people. Tom Brady was not, like, a bad person when he was in... Uh, New England as well. Like you just hate them because they're good, and I think that that was just the nature of mm. of Bama. I don't like uh, Dabo. I don't smug. like Clemson so because I don't like yeah. yeah. I don't like Dabo Sweeney. I don't his like personality antics are just not something that I can gel with. Nick Saban seems very likable, so I would I would be more inclined to like root Dabo's, against Clemson. Dabo's more polarizing. I feel like you would, you would more people love Dabo you, than you love Nick Saban, but more people you hate to like love him Nick or love Saban. to hate him. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Nick Saban is. I like Nick Saban. I like the origins too, of Dabo's name on this <laughs> podcast before. Is because if we're already an hour, it's when he was a when he was a kid. When he was a kid, people used to refer to him as that boy, yeah. <laughs> like D A T boy, was, yeah. Yeah. and then they turned it to Dabo, like that boy. You know, yeah. His name is William Insane. Christopher Dabo Sweeney. <laughs> I know that's it's so cute, proper compared to yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like it's unlikable, if, but that's kind of if you're a Clemson yeah. guy, I feel like you love Dabo. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, I think I'd love Dabo if I, <laughs> if I were a Clemson. Yeah, yeah. I if mean, yeah. Any any coach who leads you to a championship is yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but not only just that, I feel like I feel like he vibes with the team well. We'll see. Yeah, Maybe we'll get on your blinders for all of his obvious flaws. Yeah. Like <laughs> COVID. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So annoying. Anyways, though, yeah, that's so annoying. His FSU comments now. are so ridiculous. Wait, 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 one second. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on to the NFL proper. Uh, we were talking about uh, let's talk about some actual NFL content here. Probably one of the one of the biggest pieces of uh, news this this past week was uh, the Drew Brees injury and how. Uh, Probably contrary to most popular beliefs, it wasn't uh, Jameis Winston starting. It was actually Taysom Hill. Uh, he was under center, and he led them to a 24-9 victory over the Falcons. Jared, did that surprise you? Do you think Winston will ever get his chance to start? So it did not surprise me at all. I always saw Jameis as the third-string quarterback on that team. Oh, so wow. I was surprised when Winston started the second half of the 49ers game. Um, real quick, I do think Winston will get another shot on another team. I read this conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory in air quotes, <laughs> uh, by Chris Chris Dunnell for SB Nation. He theorized that the Saints didn't want other teams to see Jameis Winston's improvement okay. and then make him up. 
Okay, yeah, and then make him make his price tag really, really high mm-hmm. for when they take Jameis next year. They, they want Jameis's price tag to be low so that he can start when Drew Brees retires. So Taysom Hill's like an intermediary, intermediary like bridge quarterback. Wait, but why um, wouldn't they just? Because if they if like, teams see if they that think Taysom Hill is good enough to carry them through the end of this season, wouldn't they just want him to start next season? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I think, that's the thing. That's my that's my logic is like, well, if Taysom Hill gives you a better chance to win, then who cares? Go with Taysom Hill. But um, I, in terms of his performance, I really like what I saw from him. Um, he had some good throws. A couple balls, like his receivers definitely helped him out and just made great plays on him. But I think he adds more dimensions to the offense overall. But this is the thing I'll say, though. No, basically, no quarterback that does most of his damage running the ball has won a Super Bowl. Definitely back like since 2004, I was looking. like Cam Newton made it to the Super Bowl but lost. Colin Kaepernick made it to the Super Bowl but lost. You know, so maybe it kind of seems like the ceiling is like you can make it to the Super Bowl, but once you play the other best team in the league, that running quarterback's not going to do it. You know, so I don't know. Yeah, so I think I'm going to go back to what Bart said about don't they think that they would just have him start next year. And mm-hmm. to piggyback off of your point, I think that there are just serious limitations to Taysom Hill's game and his role is best served as a Swiss Army knife instead of a starting quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. Being like the second stringer or the starting quarterback for three games, at least three games, because Drew Brees got placed on IR. At least, what are we, week 12 now? At least the next four, I assumed that Drew Brees would be able to come back for the playoffs. Um, there are some serious limitations to like what, Taysom Hill can actually do. And although he was pretty accurate, he did have some under throws and some deep balls. So like, yeah. if he's just going to run the short and intermediate game, Drew Brees can absolutely do that. They don't need like, don't, don't they want to change up their offense a little bit? I think that my favorite thing about the saints right now is that they have three quarterbacks who do three things completely different. Like James, when James Winston is the big deep ball, big play guy, Taysom yeah. Hill can run the ball. <laughs> And he's probably their mo- he's definitely their most athletic quarterback. And Drew Brees is an accurate short to intermediate thrower. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they can really kind of pick and choose whoever they want to roll out, at least between the two for the next couple of weeks. Um, well, when you say Jameis Winston is the big play guy, are you talking about for his team or for the other team? <laughs> <laughs> he got LASIK. It's, oh. it's yet to be seen. Yeah, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's yet to be seen whether or not that it was a huge factor, but. I mean, I mean, he looked solid when he came in the second half yeah. last week, right? So, I mean, he, yeah. but you know, during the end of the day, that, yeah, he threw yeah. for 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. Like, that's yeah, but he also, he also led the How league in picks? attempts. Though. How many picks? Yeah. 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 <laughs> he had like but, I mean, 600 attempts. Like, I mean, but that's also the nature of Bruce Arians' offense. I mean, just to kind of ramble off a little bit, Tom Brady is on the, on pace to have his most um, career interceptions right now in Bruce yeah. Arians. Andrew Luck had the most mm-hmm. career interceptions underneath Bruce, Arian, Bruce Arians. It's kind of yeah. the nature of the offense that you're just going to throw picks. So, I mean... Although does that give you the best chance a, to win? Do you want yards or touchdowns? No, but that's that Bruce Arians and Sean Payton are not calling <laughs> the same offense. Yeah. So well, maybe Taysom Hill works maybe better works for Sean Payton then. Right now, yeah. yeah. Going forward, there are limitations. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was playing the Falcons, the second worst pass defense in the league. Right. So, yeah. I, I, yeah, we can't put too much stock into his his yep. singular performance yep. this week. I agree. Yeah. But uh, yo, one more quick question. I know we're digressing, but we're why not? Uh, <laughs> why not? Taysom Hill. <laughs> so Taysom Hill, if he like has some like pretty good games, do you think Colin Kaepernick will get a shot at a team? No, because they can, they no, have no, a similar I game. Yeah, I don't. Think I, think I don't think Colin sailed. Not his fault, but I think it's sailed. Yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah, Colin Kaepernick's getting signed for no reason of his skill. Very comfy, like, yeah. 
<laughs> Lucas went from sitting up to laying down <laughs> in our I had to get by hour three. Yeah, we're an hour I had to get my laptop charger, and it only plugs in in a position where I can lay down and sit up. So, oh my goodness, unbelievable. All right, let's move on. Um, let's shift over from the NFC South to the NFC East, or dare I say, least. Uh, that division is on pace to send a sub-500 team to the playoffs. Uh, we've talked about it before. We're going to talk about it some more. Each team seems to be trying to not win, and so all four teams still are in the running. They're all basically within one uh, win of each other. I think they all have exactly three wins right yeah. now, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Wyatt, uh, let me turn it to you. Who do you have emerging into the playoffs from the objectively worst most pitiful division in NFL football. I'm going to start off by saying I'm not going to call it the NF- NFC least anymore. I'm going to call it the <laughs> NFC beast because I think that there there are two teams that are running uh, for to take a, to win this division, and they're not the two teams that we expected going into this year. I think that. Oh my gosh. I think that the New York Giants. <laughs> I think that, I think that the New York Giants and the Washington Football Team no. are the clear yes, front runners yes. to no. win that division. Oh the Dallas uh-huh. Cowboys are absolutely terrible. Jay. Sorry, Lucas. The Eagles are a complete. No, disaster. the Eagles are not going to win. <laughs> I mean, and this is. I'll, I'll before I, I, I ramble. I'll come back to my Eagles take a little bit later. But the Giants are three and three in their last six games. Three losses. <laughs> Their three losses are by less than six points, or six points or less. They've always kept it pretty close with the outside of week one against Pittsburgh and week three against the 49ers. Stout defense, true number one corner in James Bradbury, tackling black hole in Blake Martinez. And then Daniel Jones seems to have found a solid footing in this offense. He didn't didn't commit a single turnover against the Eagles. I like the the Giants' chances the most to win the division. Okay, Um, but... There are three wins in those six games were against <laughs> NFC East teams exclusively. Two Redskins. I'm sorry, Washington. You, you can only win who's in front of you, Bart. I mean, exactly. yeah, all <laughs> oh my God. and they and they they were they could have beat Tampa Bay, I think. And then I will have to look back at the they other schedule because it it escapes me. But I think that they were very close to winning yeah, some of the other games. And I mm-hmm. I'm not going to pick them to make any noise in the playoffs, of course. But I would pick the Giants <laughs> to win this division. Although, side note. I kind of want Washington to win so that they have less of a chance to draft a franchise quarterback. But that's just a little bit. That's checkers, not chess. I think it it can't be the Giants just looking at their schedule. I agree. Uh, They they play – the Bengals would have been a great game if Burrow hadn't gotten hurt. They might have lost that. Now they'll probably win. But they still have to play the Seahawks, the Cardinals, the Browns, and the Ravens. Four guaranteed losses in my book. The Cowboys seem like they have the best strength of schedule. Yeah, the Cowboys have one game against them. They're so bad. Yeah, yeah, but aren't they all – <laughs> Andy Dalton the, the is the best quarterback in that division right now. Wyatt. No, he's not. Wentz is playing horrendously. First off, yeah, Wentz is yes. awful. And Daniel Alex Jones Smith is going to return back to Earth and start throwing more picks. We don't know or that. Jay. He's going to. <laughs> no, I, I'll thanks. book it. In his next game, he's going to have a turnover. I'll book that. Okay, I think it's not a, a bold book. Like, exactly. That's a, okay. <laughs> fine. I won't, I won't two. Say two. Yeah. Yeah. Book two. Book three. No. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm hopping on the Cowboys train once no again. Way. No way, you guys. There's no they way have, you follow this all season. Against, they have one game against the non-losing team. Are, are we left. talking about the same Cowboys and, here? And and Mike McCarthy has gotten the heart and soul of the team back. Okay, After, yeah. but prior to the game on Sunday, he he gathered the team together and like smashed a watermelon or something like, with a, with a sledgehammer. I don't know what it was in reference to, but it was some you know like it was a turning point. Everybody, okay, this is we're gonna look. 
in February, we're going to look back at this. Um, yeah. The Cowboys <laughs> Every coach Bowl, will be so smashing anyway. <laughs> at the end of this yeah. year. It's absolutely going to be the Washington football team. I think I'll it's going to be the Washington. I, I I don't think with Alex Smith playing quarterback for them, I don't think so. No. No, but Alex Smith went, was a great quarterback in Kansas City. He's a pro yeah, bowler. Veteran experience. Well, yeah, veteran experience. Andy as his coach. Honestly, yeah. he's maybe top two quarterback in the division. They have the best. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that might be true. And true. They, have yeah. the, they definitely he's have the best. top four quarterback. I'll give them that. They definitely, <laughs> have, they definitely have the best defensive line. In that division, top eight, I'd say. Yeah. But anyway, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And like, Speaking of top eight, the Cowboys, we do have to mention the Cowboys beat the Vikes. That's how they're getting yeah. back on track. It's Yeah. Let's mention it and then quickly move on. <laughs> I don't have anything to say other than that's embarrassing. Or maybe they maybe they have turned the corner. Yeah, I mean, Washington has uh, games against the Panthers. They yeah. could probably be Panthers, honestly Eagles, 49ers. The Redskins have a free, Yeah, maybe. I mean the Washington Football Team. Excuse me. No, uh, they, but, there's at least yeah. three wins in there for Washington. And yeah, honestly, have, six wins a, might no. win the division. No, yeah. There's so three yeah. Games, so there's three games that aren't automatic losses. Jared, I'm gonna put I'm gonna book. Jared, I'm gonna book this for you tomorrow. They're gonna beat the Cowboys. No. Yeah, mm-hmm. the they're definitely going to beat the Eagles, and they're going to beat the 49ers. Panthers are, are good enough to where I'll, I won't automatically write them off. I'll, yeah, I'll book I think this, they, Wyatt. I think I'll counter book. The Cowboys are going to win on Thanksgiving, <laughs> no. and the Cowboys are going to win the division. But, There's no way. No, I'll book it that Washington wins it. Okay. I think, yeah, the strength wow. of schedule. I think I do think no. that the Giants are the best team in that division right now. <laughs> I honestly, no, I honestly, maybe, maybe. No, I honestly but, think so. I think that they have, they're a really good team and they're getting better. Um, but I think you're right that the strength of schedule does kind of have to play a factor here. Also, talk about strength of schedule. The Eagles will also not win because oh my god, yeah, no, they're Yes, but yes, but also Seahawks, Packers, Saints, Cardinals, yeah, and then two like they're they're going to lose the next four games, and then they'll maybe win one of two against Cowboys. How many out of conference games in total has the NFC East won? Like, (laughs) I is it under five? Like it must. Oh yeah, yeah. Do the Eagles have any? Yes, right. Be, the Cowboys might be the 49ers. They beat the 49ers. Now Washington. Oh. Might as well. They tied the Bengals. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I have I have a quick Eagles take that might we might you know go off on a tangent again. They either have to fire Doug Peterson or trade Carson Wentz this offseason. I agree. I, I agree. With that. I don't think that they're working. Like there's no way that they could run this team back next year. <laughs> Yeah, no <laughs> <With way>. confidence. <laughs> and I think it's fire a, Doug Peterson seems to be the more likely option, but I, like it's the worst option. I fire think. Doug Peterson, maybe take a chance on like Joe Brady from the Panthers and really see what they can do with Carson Wentz and like a different different passion offense. But I, say, I would I would get rid of Carson, but I think he has like tons of dead money that the Eagles probably mm-hmm. can't afford to to get rid of. Yeah. All I'll say is that. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl without Carson Wentz, but Carson Wentz has never won a Super Bowl without Doug Peterson. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I heard a take though, and this we're again we're going off that For is Carson Wentz not just a different version of Nick Foles, where maybe he just has like he had that one phenomenal season, and then for the rest of his career he's just really bad. Like Nick Foles went thirteen and three one year, and then he won a Super Bowl. And those like in those short game he wasn't, stretches, he wasn't really bad last year though. He had an elite no. season too. Nick Foles in like 2013 too. Yeah, no, what I'm saying. And, and oh, he yeah. had oh. he had he has had stretches of really good football, but we can't say over the course of Nick Foles' entire career that he's been a good quarterback. <laughs> and is Carson Wentz not too far off from that? 
that maybe Carson Wentz just had a stretch of really good football, and he and at the end of the day, he's just not that great of a quarterback. I think it's, it's a possibility. Possibility. I mm, I think it's a possibility, and I think he's like I think he's also worse than Nick Foles, and it's gonna turn out to be worse than Nick Foles because Nick oh, we'll Foles is like Bears. more efficient, but like I don't know. I think the Bears would Car- still take Carson Wentz over Nick Foles. Right oh now. yeah, they would. <laughs> <laughs> Aiden, Carson Wentz is on a crash course for New York. No. <laughs> oh, God. A downgrade from Sam Darnold. You're telling it? Carson Wentz and Adam Gase is not a championship team? Yeah, exactly. That's like, the problem has been the quarterback the whole time. Yeah. yeah the, the coach is the Adam Gase just hasn't found his guy yeah. yet. Yeah. 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 Also, for those interested, the NFC East has won uh, four out-of-conference games so far this year. Wow. So, cool. Out of how many? We'll <laughs> Do you know? Yeah. I did not count the total. Okay. Um, but Dang. Assume, let's just say yeah, four out of four. It's pretty good. Yeah, four. <laughs> <laughs> they played five out of conference games. One four. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think the the winner will definitely have six or seven. There's no way the winner of that conference makes it to eight. Yeah, the winner is no, five. No. No. That's that's pretty fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would love there, if they. Five. There is, is a scenario that would be possible. Funny. Yeah, it probably is. Right? There's a scenario in which the yeah. winner can have four if that winner is the Eagles. If every if they. Like if they go four eleven and one, and then the other teams go four and twelve, like that is a that is a scenario that is possible. And... I kind of want that to happen. Just to see if NFL did anything about its playoff formatting. Uh, yeah, you have to have a minimum okay. of eight wins, and if you don't, they have to give it to somebody else. They just scrap the conference altogether. Oh my god, they'd be way better off getting other like letting three NFC West teams in instead of any of the NFC teams. NFC yeah. East teams in. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. But no, that's fair. Yeah. Guess that's the way it goes. All right. Well, uh, speaking of teams uh, vying for playoff spots, let's throw it over to the AFC. Two, six, and four teams battling for a spot in those playoffs the Raiders and the Ravens. Both are six and four, but the Raiders have won three of their past four. The Ravens have lost three of their past four. The Raiders have beaten Kansas City, probably the best team in the league already once. They almost did it again this past week. Lucas, let me throw it to you. Could the Raiders actually be a Super Bowl contender? And on the flip side, are the Ravens maybe actually frauds? Uh, I don't think the Raiders are Super Bowl contenders yet. I think there's uh, a few too many holes in that team, but I do think they're They'll probably make the playoffs, and I think they can win a game or so in the playoffs because mm. they've had a few things going from this year. Derek Carr uh, playing well again this year, better version of his 2016 season, um, almost 70% completion percentage. His number of interceptions has dropped. He averaged about 10 over the past few years, and he's down to just three so far this year. They have good deep threats. Henry Ruggs. Somehow, some way, Nelson Aguilar has like, turned out to be competent as a receiver <laughs> in in Vegas. Uh, the defense is rough. It's it's towards the bottom in rushing yards per attempt and points per play. I think the offensive is good enough to make some noise, but I think the defense needs some mm. tweaks for them mm. to you know make any noise in the playoffs. I also was reading an article that the Chiefs thing might not be a great sample just because they match up exceptionally well against the Chiefs in a way that they don't against yeah. a lot of other teams. Um, that they can exploit the Chiefs' few weaknesses. They have deep threats that can exploit them at corner. Their offensive line is good enough that it can neutralize the pass rush, and I don't think that's necessarily applicable to like any other teams. Yeah, but matchups matter. Yeah, that's fair. But unless they come up against the Chiefs in the playoffs, I don't. Which obviously is a possibility. I'm not convinced they'll make a lot of noise once they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
in terms of the Ravens, I think they're like, for me, in a similar tier of Super Bowl contenders, the Raiders at this point, in which I think that there's the potential, but I don't think they're going to do it this year. Their biggest issue seems to be to me like finishing games. Um, they gave up a lead against the atrocious Eagles that they almost lost. Uh, they blew leads versus the Titans and Steelers, which ended up in losses. I don't know if it's like an experience thing, but they're also not beating good teams, save maybe the Colts, which they've beaten. Lamar hasn't been his MVP best. They just feel like a little yeah. off this year, and I don't know what necessarily is to blame for it. But I, obviously the potential still there based on last year. But to me, they're a similar team in the Raiders where they could probably make the playoffs, maybe win a game, maybe, and then out from there. <clears throat> I'm probably higher on the Raiders than the Ravens, frankly. I would be very yeah, surprised if... Well, maybe this isn't such a hot take. I guess maybe let's talk about AFC Championship. I would be very surprised if the Ravens made it there. I actually would only be semi-surprised if the Raiders made it there. You would be shocked if the Ravens made it, but not but surprised if the Raiders made it? N- not even... Sure. Maybe that's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Ravens... Do you believe the, that the Ravens can make it to the AFC to the, Championship? God, really... <laughs> I mean, okay, it would no. it would take like Lamar going like galactic, yeah. which I don't yeah. think I don't think it's gonna happen. This season seems like people have caught on how to defend him. It's it's I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, Jared, were you gonna say something? I was gonna say the Ravens aren't wanting to even make the playoffs today if it ended today, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the, yeah, but the, the freaking Cowboys or whoever who was in the East would. <laughs> I we mentioned it when we talked about Taysom Hill and we talked about um, Kellen Kaepernick and and their limitations to the the quarterback run offense. They're, obviously, mm-hmm. their strength is the run game. Uh, Greg Roman was really – as like a really heavy run, uh, run-heavy run offense. He did when he was the offensive coordinator for <clears throat> Colin Kaepernick as well. I mean, there seems to just be a lot of frustration on the offensive side of the ball in Baltimore right now. Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson seems frustrated. Hollywood Brown mm-hmm. is very frustrated mm-hmm. with the production. Um, they can run the ball at all, but I mean, talk about matchup nightmares. Like they play the Titans, and they just every single year they get walloped by the Titans. Not every single year, but the last two years they got walloped by the Titans. And if they have to play from behind, it's not really going to happen for them. <clears throat> I think that Lamar Jackson is a better throw of the football than maybe he gets credit for. But the Ravens just mm-hmm. seem very unwilling to let it to air it out from time to time. They just, mm-hmm. I mean, he's a great runner. He's the best running quarterback in college football right now, or not college football in the NFL right now. <laughs> probably, you know. Only just above Kyler Murray, maybe. But, I mean, if you look at what Kyler Murray is able to do in Cliff Kingsbury offense, he can still run because he's on pace for 4,000 passing yards and 1,000 rushing yards. Lamar Jackson, I think, can have that same production. They just don't do not do it the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a very lively discussion. If you, if you oh, made it this quick. far... Go ahead, one. An hour and 18 minutes. The Raiders, <laughs> we talked about how bad they are on the defensive side of the ball. They don't draft very well defensively. They, I think they have an eye for offensive talent when they draft, but I think most of their picks have been way overvalued. They drafted like Damon Arnett. It was like the, the third corner taken in the draft, pick 19. They drafted Clennon Farrell with a number four overall pick a couple years ago. Um Jonathan Abrams is yet to be proven as whether he's a top two talent. I think he is, but I mean, the Raiders like they just don't draft defensively very well. So I'm curious to see what kind of moves they make because I do agree that they're probably like an edge rusher away from being a true like Super Bowl contender going into a year. Mm-hmm. Give Gruden a maybe, non-COVID maybe year. Developing. Give Gruden <laughs> a non-COVID year, and I think he'll excel with the continuity that the team has. Hopefully, 
He's a good coach. I like him. Yeah. <clears throat> but I think he's more offense. Yeah, definitely. But go ahead. Uh, okay, so if you made it this far, yeah, about an hour and 19 minutes in is our longest episode ever, but it's fitting as it's our birthday episode. As Bart alluded to, yesterday, November 24th, was one year to the day since our first episode episode debuted on SoundCloud and Spotify. Uh, we started <laughs> as a humble website slash blog called youthoutmedia.wordpress.com, uh, where we, we technically were sports, politics, music, and film and business and, and business well. don't forget business um, but eventually we we kind of figured out pretty quickly that we only wanted to do sports uh, i that was like all we published we published like one in every category and then we had like six in sports or something uh but eventually formed a podcast as lucas i remember lucas alluded said he wanted to do one like back when we were in school i believe um our first episode was was just me and lucas and uh, uh, Lucas just recorded so audio. On, Lucas recorded audio on his own end of me speaking through the computer. So it, it sounded like I was on a phone. It was pretty funny. Um, eventually, we got it figured out, though. Aiden joined back in week three, uh, our third episode, actually. Uh, which that was, I didn't know that you joined that early in actually. So that was, yeah, that I didn't know I joined that early. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then the very next episode, we infamously predicted the winners for every bowl game. Uh, <laughs> it was really funny too, because Lucas kept trying to make sure we only said one sentence, but it did not work. <laughs> we just kept going off on like certain bowl games. It was really funny. How um, long was that episode? Yeah, no, exactly. It, it was like, less than an longer. hour, I believe. I think really? it was like 58 okay. minutes or something. Well, then, yeah, so it was not okay, well, we this year when we do it. <laughs> yeah, when we do the bowl yeah. games this I don't year, like to we can't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of want to do like a special episode this year. Like not we a main one, but like we just pick a Saturday and we do it. We should. And uh, someone needs to have like mute privileges just to like make sure that we don't go all day. Bart joined in our seventh episode, which was the NFL Wild Card Weekend. It was great, great having Bart finally join. And uh, as soon as he joined, you were just a full time member after that. And was then, it supposed did to we be talk like... about our guest host? Yeah, yeah. we had a guest host one time. Wait, we had, a guest. Host. I didn't talk about it. We had Montana on Montana Giordano. Wow. Yeah, um, I don't you remember. You guys what tried week him was. out, and then he just didn't. Yeah, he just didn't. Make it <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay, then the very next week, our eighth episode, Wyatt joined and brought, I would say, a healthy dose of irrationality to the show. <laughs> um, which was the, that was the NFL divisional round uh, of the playoffs. I went undefeated other... in my playoff picks, by the way. I know, because yeah. you pick like you only picked three games. Uh, anyway. Yeah, three, oh, three and oh. <laughs> uh, other highlights, our first pandemic episode was episode 17. So we've done like... <laughs> almost 40 episodes since the pandemic which is pretty crazy or we've done 30 or so uh 36 it looks like 36 simpler times when not we just hypothesized about the randomest things yeah. <laughs> um and now we are on our 53rd episode which is pretty crazy um so that's just a little bit of history of the show um so i, I hope you guys enjoyed that i do want to go through just a couple just a couple like quick awards that uh the rest of the panel has not, the rest of the group has not seen these categories, but I just want to hear what people think. Uh, so first one, wildest takes. Who's that go to? Wyatt? Yeah. I, I feel would like be the, proud, the proud, yeah. like, Wyatt. Yeah. 
I would have said Wyatt too. Definitely. I would, I, I, I'm very honored to have wildest takes. <laughs> is it coming in the okay. mail? The award, Jared, or where? Yeah. Yeah, get a certificate that you can. Yeah. I'll write. I'll like get yeah. some PDF. Crayon. Yeah, I'll get some crayon and write it. Yeah. Um, okay, how about this one? Most clairvoyant, able to see the future. Me. What? Wow. No, he's not. <laughs> I think I feel like Barton has a good Bart, track. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think he does. Actually, yeah. yeah, let's just look at the bookets. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we, should, we have numbers. Yeah, yeah we have right. stats for this. Yeah, we do yeah, have numbers. Yeah. Some people. This is an, okay. Another one, real quick. Okay. Safest takes. Probably also Bart. Yeah, I was gonna say Aiden on that one actually. That's fair. Uh, but hey, I like to yeah, I like to to make my money back. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> okay, I can here's... think of yeah. Oh, no, go, go, go ahead, on, sorry. I was just gonna, I can think of a couple that like the both the, the Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers ones that I remember being heavily disputed. I feel like Aiden the Aaron Rodgers one is so funny. One. Oh, That's like that was our first YouTube comment, YouTube. wasn't it? Yeah. He was like, yeah. don't ever talk about football again. Game manager. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice swimmer. Shout out. Um, okay. Here's a good one. Here's a good one. Who's the hardest to rein in while they're on a rant? <laughs> you. Lucas. Me? We're Jared. Uh, yeah. We're Jared. Jared. It's, yeah. That's between cool. Jared and Lucas. I, you <laughs> know, I would person. say Jared. I honestly feel like Lucas concedes a lot. Of, he'll just be like, oh, you know what? Good point. I've never yeah, heard true. good point out of Jared. Yeah, he just goes. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lucas Jared yeah, plants his thought, flag yeah. and yeah. just yeah. Hello yeah. Comes. He dies on that hill. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of hills it. that yeah. I die on. <laughs> that I've died on. <laughs> That's all I got. Any other awards that people want to throw out there? Best twin? I don't. I don't know. That's a difficult decision. I I mean, hardest worker I think is a genuinely valid one, and it's obviously Jared. Jared, yeah. (laughs) Celebrate. Snaps for Jared. Thank you. I appreciate that. One who has carried this this whole thing on his back. Oh, hey, that's a that's a good point, Bart. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you. (laughs) I will take all of the credit and none of the blame. (laughs) Thank you, Bart. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I did some work. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Thank you for doing no. thumbnails. No. What? No. Appreciate no. it. And I made the okay. logo, and you know. Yeah, the logo is good. Yeah, okay. yeah. Big, that's what I do. I, yeah. <laughs> I pay the bills every month. Yeah. True. 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 Yeah. 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 Are, yeah, yeah. In the inner love Our bank roller is yeah. Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> He's the pockets of this podcast right now. Exactly. Yeah. We got deep pockets, yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> anyway, I'm I'm sure listeners at home now have, you know, tears in their eyes mm-hmm. as, as I do. Uh, remember tears her in early days back full when of we were just just something small. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh true. Because Jared yeah, is going to be editing this on Thanksgiving yeah, tomorrow. Right now. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he better, yeah. Our listeners have an expectation, Jared, okay? There, yeah. Who needs to talk at Thanksgiving dinner if you know if our Also shout out on. Thailand. There have been a lot of Thai listeners in the past week, so Yeah. Hey. Hey. Yeah. You know, we're catering to them and, and it's paying off. <laughs> exactly. we, we, found our, yeah, we found our target audience, you know, a year in and we're, we're honing in mm-hmm. on it. So that's, that's the goal. Yes. But, <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening. As always, uh, please, you know, uh, follow us on Twitter at You Thought Sports, is it? 
I, sh- I should know sport. Twitter handle. Sport. Sport. Yeah. sport. Sports. Sport. Yeah. <laughs> we don't sports. We sport. Um, and then, uh, yeah, find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Yeah, keep listening, as always. Uh, and be back. Um, keep us going for our, our two-year anniversary next mm-hmm. year. Um, <laughs> see you in a year. Right. Yeah, yeah. See you <laughs> in a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. See you. See you next week.